Hello, family, friends, fans, and fellow adventurers. I'm Mitch, and I'm your DM for Immortals, a brand new 5th edition campaign set in the entirely homebrew world of Eroth. Hello, guys. I am Joshua, and I play Ethan Thorne from Frostreach, and I'm a rogue, as well as a bounty hunter. Hello, I'm Jared. I play Gunark, who is a Minotaur Warlock Rogue combo from Thistlewood. I'm Lindsay, and I'm playing Mirada Thistlewhip. Uh, no relation to Thistlewood, that is a separate uh, entity altogether. I'm a halfling uh, ranger. I'm from the little town of Edgecrop on uh, Halidor Isle. My name is Jack Blythe, and I play. Seth Farasia. I'm from Through Pass, as far as anyone is concerned, and as far as anyone can tell. I am a warlock changeling and a companion. This is Jordan here. I play your friendly neighborhood punk rock style satyr. I am a cleric on the surface, and I hail from the strong city of Wildthorn. Last time, our group of misfits entered the Aero Crystal Mines and began to investigate. They killed a few people along the way, and found the site of an explosion as these strange offshoots of the Harbingers of Retribution blew a hole through the side of the mine, revealing another chamber deeper within, this one with strange pulsing crystals which released a constant low sound, almost like a heartbeat. They journeyed further inside, and discovered a large strange crystal cluster which two of them touched, and which resulted in Mary receiving strange visions which almost left her mad. They heard the sounds of explosions and retreat, and sent their little raven scout to investigate, and discovered someone coming their way very quickly. This leader entered this small cavern, and was very quickly ambushed by Yuri and Gunnark. After some interrogation tactics, the party was able to gather a few useful tidbits of information before this cultist used some form of magic to take their own life. And that was where we left off. Did you say the lead cultist body totally disintegrated or did it just collapse? It's not disintegrated. Make an arcana check. Oh my god. That is a three. It's not disintegrated, it's, it's it's like it was hit by the effect of a spell. It's all dried out and withered and horrible and desiccated. Right. Yuri's gonna- That's the right word, yes. Yes, it get is, Get up desiccated. from setting up and <laughs> toss him over his shoulder. It's, it's, they, it's they weird, it's of... kind of like crispy and crunchy. It's, kind of... it's like totally dried out. Smells like bacon. As he crumples over your shoulder. They may want to, they want to, may want to examine him in town. Let's just not get caught holding the body. Hopefully none of the Harbingers are still around. <laughs> I mean, he's dead, so if I drop him, he won't care. True. <laughs> it's, that's very true, yeah. What's he gonna do? Complain? <laughs> Maybe I use him as a weapon. Who knows? We'll you see how it goes. Good old <laughs> Get a motherfucker with another motherfucker. It's my new flail. <laughs> Weakened at Bernie's too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you guys like to do? You're currently still stood in this last chamber of the mine. Gunark has pocketed a few inch-sized crystals from when you first entered those tunnels beforehand. You've got the tooth. The echoing footsteps have died away. There's a wilted corpse over Yuri's shoulder. 
What would you guys like to do? Gunnark's got like a pocket full of crystals from the tunnel before. Merida's got a tooth. Ethan has a new mask. Got a pocket, got a pocket full of crystals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a pocket full of crystals. Oh yeah. Ring a ling a ling. Sorry. Yuri's gonna just kind of start heading towards the way out of the antechamber. Yeah. This pulse is still echoing and reverberating in your ears. But it does start to subside as you leave out that hole blown in the wall. You can see there's still bodies lining this tunnel. There's a few more now of these Harbinger cultists. A few more are lining the floors. They've got very obvious sword slash wound. It seems a, a few of them seem like they got slashed, came around this corner and then died. <laughs> and then as you round that corner, you can see some of the Dragon's Guard are starting to come towards you. They see multiple of you wearing Harbinger robes. And level the double-bladed sword staffs at you. Drop the illusion. So, right. like, okay. there is pretty fa- noticeable satyr <laughs> they're kind of familiar with. Yeah, with illusions dropping, it would be Gunnark, Seth, and Ethan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gunnark, Seth, and Ethan. Yeah. Ethan is still wearing robes, though, <laughs> because you did put the robes on right. to disguise yourself a bit better. Merida's still wearing robes, and Yuri's still wearing robes. They're glaring at you. With these blades leveled, you're kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then one of them, you see a glimmer of recognition. He goes, ah, oh, no, I recognize the Sator. I, I would hope so. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. recognizable yeah. face. I mean, <laughs> like, I have... Yeah, we don't get many of those around here. They're, they're, they're okay. Why are you wearing the robes? And they're still holding I, the blades. I at throw you. the body down. We got. The, we wanted to get close. We were attempting to blend in. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks over and starts prodding yes. the body. Uh, you you, uh, you, you so did you this. Know, he killed, he- yeah, he, well, no, he killed himself with magic. It, right. uh, it was magic. We had okay. nothing Just so to you do know. with it at um, all. He clicks, it was magical. and the okay. other two who were with him swarm around either side of him and just pick up the body between them and start making their way back and out of the money. He goes, you uh, should probably follow us. Lead the way. Right. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's with the big one, the big crystal in the, the little room there? You guys know? The what? You know, I'll, I'll ask somebody else later. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, and he, he looks <laughs> very. Con- you follow these dragons guard out. Did they uh, take the head, dead cultist guy? Yeah, so two of them kind of carried him. Okay, and you're following this one who looks. Now you have like a moment to fully see everything that's going on and take it in. He does look a little bit better <laughs> than the other two. Like they've all got this golden armor, but his his shoulders have these ornate metal dragon heads, and his cloak is more like a white with kind of gold inlay as opposed to the others who have red. Are these dragons, are they elves or are they gnomes? A smattering. It's the natives of Dragon's End. This one is a human. Okay. But the other two, one of them was a half-elf and the other one seemed human. Okay. But was actually a beholder! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just the fightiest folk in town is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Basically, and this guy just seems to be leader of the bunch. It it also looks like he had a helmet. Yuri remembers seeing a helmet. He's not wearing it anymore. It looks like it was wrenched away. You can see scrapes along the side of his face. The armor's covered in blood. He seems alright. He's got a slight limp, and he just leads you back towards the entrance of the mine. You can see now shards of ice, most of it melted, scattered across the floor from where Seth had covered it, and it has been blown through from the outside. And you uh, you can make your way out, you hold your hands or eyes, like adjusting to the light as you step out of the vaguely dimly lit mines. And as your vision focuses, there is smoke just twisting and curling upwards into the sky, 
passing through the enormous ribcage of this draconic skeleton <laughs> that the town was built into and earned its name from, you can hear just all of the commotion has basically died down. You don't see any more of these harbingers. All you can hear is just baleful mourning cries just echoing. They're cutting through this almost crushing silence and just ringing in your ears. All you can smell is just burning wood, burning flesh, just thick in the air. Dragon's End is ablaze. Some of the fires have been put out. A lot of the houses are on fire. There is a pile of corpses at the entrance to the mines, most of which look to be townspeople. Some bear the robes of the individuals who were assaulting the town, fewer but still noticeable, the clothes of peasants and of Dragon's Guard, sworn to defend Dragon's End to their final breath, taken on this day. And as you're surveying this absolute carnage, a woman with long elven ears visible, as her hair's streaming, she's running, her head turning rapidly and wildly, she's screaming in this mix of elven and common, she's just screaming, my children, where are they? And she's just running around, has anyone seen them? Grabs hold of this leader of the dragon's guard, tears streaming down her face, have you seen my children? And she freezes as she sees this pile of corpses and just, no, say it's not true, my children, please. And she just looks at him. Are you guys doing anything? I look to it and knowing there's not a whole lot I can do for her, Right now, Here I raises turn away and begin melting snow and using it to help okay. get the fire. Do I see any children in that pile? Uh, make a perception check. Or investigation. Uh, we'll perceive. A 15. 15. As you're kind of looking, she turns and grabs your shoulder. She goes, please, I can't look. My children, Tarsin, Sutar, they can't be. They're, they're weapons, a, a gift from their father, please and turns away from the pile. I'll pat her on the arm and I'll, I'll, I'll take a look-see. Yeah, uh, with, with the 15, you do see a small dagger on the floor, uh, a few feet from the pile. I presume you kind of go over and pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the cross guard has an ornate gilded S in the center. Whilst still sharp, the blade is horribly bent and misshapen, like, no ordinary armor could possible or weapon could possibly have had an effect on this. And you get the sense magic was most likely involved. And mm-hmm. inches away from where you found the dagger is a severed hand with several fingers twisted, bent, and broken, just lying there. A, a tiny hand? Kind of small. Not tiny, but like, yeah. kind of small. All right, well... Mary's gonna take the dagger back to the lady and uh, just quietly hand it over and pat the woman on the back and just inwardly boil with anger. As you as you clap her on the back, you hear <laughs> and uh, one of the corpses to the side of the pile suddenly shifts and drags itself to its feet. This young half-elf, still alive, barely... Oh, takes a shaky step and just falls to his knees. He's clutching his right arm to his chest. There's blood pouring down it. You, 
I'll run over and help. I'll help you pick him up, or yeah. you know, try to bandage the wound as best I can. You know that. Yeah, you go to pick him up, and as you do, to go to bandage it. He takes his hand away, and the wrist ends in just this bloodied stump. All right. Well, I'm gonna dart over and cast cure wounds. Okay. Sure. Probably not. You know, you gotta heal the the NPC children. That's a yes a rule, right? Yeah. And and yeah, I'll that and is I'll a rule. Tug at the the woman and go. I was yeah. Look. She that's... lets out this long, just wailing, mournful scream as you run over and start cure woundsing him. How much for the cure wounds? Uh, it was eight points. Eight points. So you you do see the stump close up slightly. It's not perfect, but it's off the bleeding. And she just, Talston, my child, God be praised, where's your brother? And he just slowly raises his head up, looks, I guess, just past Gunnark. He can't really look over his shoulder. And you can just see tears streaming down his face. And he just says, I'm sorry, mother. I, I couldn't save him. The knight, his, his power was incredible, and he drops back to his knees and just, His magic broke my sword, Sutar's dagger. I, I tried, and he just stammers and drops to his hands again, like steadying himself, just taking in deep breaths of air. And the mother just slowly sinks to her knees and starts crying. I... I... Dragon guards people. Is there someplace safe that you're rounding up citizens? We should be uh, helping people uh, get to. Right. Yeah. Um, most of them, we once we secured the inn, we uh, gathered them there. One of you stirred up the local patrons, and anyone who was armed was doing a fairly decent job helping out the dragon's guard who had managed to get there in time to help. So. Very few casualties in the inn, so we figured that was the best place to keep them. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Seth, as well, at this point, you uh, you see about 20 feet from the entrance of the mine where you had appeared from the Misty Step, lying on the ground, split in half, is the body of the announcer. The other half of the body is 20 feet away. It's almost like he'd tried to Misty Step and someone or something had somehow prevented the other half of his body going with as he tried to escape. While th that was all going on, Yuri would, was, would like to just kind of look around, at, like go body to body and just kind of say words in a sense yeah. over him, but also kind of examining him, trying to get a okay. feel of more of what happened as well. Yeah, so most of them have just been mindlessly slaughtered by similar weapons to the cultist that you saw um make me a medicine that is a and uh seth at this point you've put out kind of the worst of 12? the fires does that do anything a, a few of them seem to have horrific wounds way past anything any of those cultists seem to have been able to do i guess with the 12 you'd see one of the dragon's guard bodies it's almost like he was being cleaved in half from clavicle, yes, clavicle to hip, and it got about halfway down just past the rib cage, and whatever it was was wrenched out, and he was just left okay. open. Uh, <laughs> as you're to doing die. this, he's kind of moving away from the group so he can get a second to look at whatever metal object he had taken out. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. You uh, you take a look at metal object. 
flips through notes intensely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, you take a look, it is this small circular piece of black metal with an outstretched palm inscribed into it. Metal with an outstretched palm? Yeah. It's almost like it's going for a high five, but then the fingers are splayed gotcha. open and wide. Um, and it... How, how, about like how, how Fiona palmed your face away. <laughs> gotcha. And about how big is it, total, the piece? I'd say probably about the size of Yuri's palm. Okay. Assuming Yuri has average-sized hands. Yes, yeah, average-sized hands, yeah. I'll just put it back away and then slowly start working my way back to the group. Make it look like yeah. I'm given blessings over the dead. Um, Merida and Gunnok, the teenager, essentially, that you were with, steadied himself a bit. The healing magic seems to have run its course and given him a lot of his vigor back and he's just sat down on the ground now, legs crossed, just holding his mother. Oh, look, uh, I know that this is a hard time for you, uh, but it's really not safe for you to be here. We we have to move you to the to the inn otherwise we don't know if they're gonna come back yeah he looks up he's got you kind of have a second now to take in the features just chin length black hair green eyes they're just still brimming with tears and he's right come on he lifts up his mother and they uh look at you expectantly almost as if you're the ones leading them yeah yeah just 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 follow us it'll be all right you make your way over is everyone following yuri follows I've, uh, I've moved both pieces of the wizard's body at mm-hmm. least close to each other. Okay. And I'm... The illusion now as well has, like, completely uh, worn off, and you see mm-hmm. what he was in that moment when you confused the ever-loving shit out of him <laughs> by asking to do his job. He's just kind of thin, kind of scraggly. He's got kind of stringy white hair. And it was, it was the illusion that you saw of this grand wizard was basically what you're seeing now, just more grandiose, filled out, a long flowing beard. You get the sense it's what he would have loved to have seen himself as and how he sees himself when he uses his magic. I'm, I'm kneeling in front of him, eyes wide and not really mm-hmm. seeing him, but looking at him and quietly repeating to myself, not again, not again, not again, not again. Okay. Are you... Do you follow the others, or do you even notice? No, I, I don't notice So the rest it. of you, uh, you start making your way back towards the Dragon's Blood Inn. Um, and kind of now the, the large barn doors that had opened into the gnome throwing area have been closed. The sigils have faded that marked out the throwing area. You can still see the impacts from where you threw Wrecking Ball but there's just splatters of blood. Some of the harbingers are now lying strewn across this area. And you can make your way round to the front entrance, basically the main door to the tavern. And as you get close, the tavern door flies open. This tiny shape comes darting out. Oh, killing him! And it's, oh, hello, and it's Tank. And he's got this flail. He's, oh, you're right. Still like speedos goggles helmet <laughs> he's just flail covered in blood yeah. oh uh, thank my friend thank goodness you're alive are they gone uh, yeah it seems yeah. like they might be gone Look, it looks now, that yeah. way you can you can put you can put it down cool and he, he swings it down over the chain was like over his shoulder and now as the head swings around you can see there's brain viscera just all over this head of this cool. flail 
And he's got this slight crazed look in his eyes. Bernard, doesn't Tink that look cool? comes staggering out of the door and <laughs> all over the outside. Oh. He just, uh, you want to come in? You might want to brace yourself a little bit. And he, just, he sees, like, the the boy and his mother's, oh, shit. C- come on, come on. And just gestures them into the tavern. Are you guys following yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. I follow. Seth outside this uh, lead dragon's god comes over, he puts his hand on your shoulder and goes, come on, there's nothing you can do from now. Just gotta get the bastards who did this. Shake out of it. Shake out of it. Yes. Get up and do the, like, head swivel, see where my uh, group is now wandering into the bar. He, like, helps you up, kind of picking you up, puts you down, kind of pats you on the shoulders and grabs your forearm. If I see him first, I'll take care of him. And I'll, uh, take your word for it that if you find the bastard in charge of this, you'll avenge him for us. Oops. He shakes, pats you on the back towards the inn. And I go, I yeah. go in still kind of dazed. Yeah. So you guys, you head in and it's carnage inside. The tables have been turned over. The people that Gunnark had herded to the side and shouted to get safe are hiding in this barricade of tables that's kind of like where the bar was in L-shape. The tables complete it to make more of a semicircle defense, and they've been hiding behind that. There are bodies everywhere. There's two or three townspeople, but for the most part, it's all just those harbingers. There's one, you didn't see it from the outside, neck caught in the barn doors as if the people inside were trying to close the doors as this whole crowd was rushing in and this guy just got caught in it, died, and they were like, sweet, we'll leave him there and deal with the threat. <laughs> and it there's like a lock. 10, 20 bodies of just on the floor. Tank and Tink are covered in blood. Uh, Fiona is also hiding behind the bar. Hammerfist, absolutely drenched in blood, still just... <sighs> Panting heavily. <laughs> you can see Wrecking Ball hiding behind the bar. He's safe. He is shaken, but safe. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. All the kids that Merida got to safety, oh, thankfully, also hiding behind the bar. All the damage you can see is cosmetic. There's a few holes, a few windows broken, and mostly just the bodies of dead harbingers as Tink Tank hammer fist and the people seemingly took care of it pretty well you can see there's a fair amount of them have had their legs are just bent the wrong way and then their heads are caved in and you get the impression that was probably tank taking out the knees and then smacking them in the head because that's the only way he can really do it it's it's horrible but you do take a moment to chuckle as you definitely can tell it's tank's handiwork from the flail that he's holding after a Huh. Long little pause here, he looks at Tink. I think I owe you a drink now, my friend. You owe me a few. And he just drops the flail on the floor. Let's go right, get that taken this? care of. And I'm going to wander to the bar and just start trying to find some. While you guys are drinking, uh, this, is, this is a good safe spot, but it's a bit horrifying. So I'm going to start dragging these bodies out the back if anyone wants to assist me. Okay. Uh, that'd be super duper. The kid and his mum take a seat in the corner just at one of the tables. Yeah, just get the corpses out. Yeah. I, uh, um, the dragon's guard yeah. come to help. They kind of open up the barn doors and that body just 
<laughs> and they drag all the bodies out that way. And then I'll go find a map. <laughs> I'm gonna disguise myself in like normal townsfolk attire and just like kind of slouch against the side and just stand and listen and watch. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, listening to anything in particular? Um, just kind of like the townsfolk in general as they, you know, discuss obviously mm-hmm. what's been going on or whatever, you know, it, they're talking about. Okay. I, and uh, everyone else? Daz- dazedly walk over to the bar, put three gold coins on the bar next to me and reach over and grab the finest wine I see. <laughs> so? And just immediate, like, medium focus mm-hmm. in front of me, drink. And then uh, after seeing Merida um, and the guards just taking the bodies, I kind of just walk over to the bar and just plop a seat. Cool. Okay. So throughout about an hour or two as Merida's helping the town's guard <laughs> drag the bodies away, it is kind of horrible. They're all added to just this giant pile. And you can see a few of the Dragon's Guard have this unfortunate task of basically sorting it. So there's now a pile of the townspeople more respectfully looking like they're ready to go be taken and buried somewhere. And then there's just pile of cultists. They can burn for all we care. And they're just there ready to be disposed of whenever they can. Merida, as you're stood outside, you're helping clean up with some of the Dragon's Guard. And you do notice out the corner of your eye at one point, every single one of them suddenly stops. They're looking behind you, and they drop to a single knee and bow their heads respectfully. Okie doke. I mean, I'm just helping, guys. It's just... It's you, you, you turn do. around and you realize they're not <laughs> bowing to you. Oh, it's... And you uh-huh. see behind, who was coming up behind you now, walking towards you, a, a tall man, pointed black beard, the hair curtains, touches the tips of his ears, he's human, got a slightly pointed nose, mm-hmm. very elegant bone structure, and these black eyes that just seem to stare directly into your soul. And he, he's wearing these black and red flowing robes, and he has a crown almost on his head as he strides towards you. He's got the uh, symbol of the dragon's guard almost, but the keep that you see in the center of town, Uh it's like the dragon that they wear as the dragon's guard, but it's wrapped around the keep. And he walks towards you and just looks at you expectantly. And one of the dragon's guard who's kneeling next to you just elbows you in the knee a little bit, just nudges you. (laughs) Oh, all right, yeah, sure. Nice, nice, clean, clean ropes you got there, sir. And I'll kneel down. I kneel. Look, I know it's not much of a difference. You can't really tell too much, but I am now indeed kneeling. (laughs) You see the the captain of the Dragon's Guard steps past you, bows very deeply, Lord Darkseeker, and you would know this is the Emperor of Dragon's End. Lord Lando Darkseeker. We uh, we rounded up the bodies as best we could. This halfling here and her companions helped. They made their way into the mines while we held off as many as we could. They helped when they were in the inn, partaking in the gnome competition. And they ventured inside the mines and have 
luckily come out, as far as I can tell, rather unscathed. And the Emperor nods slowly. Interesting. You may rise, and he gestures towards you, Merida. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's real muddy down here, so I appreciate that. Well, you know, the, the blood and the mud and the... The, uh, <laughs> the captain of the Dragon's Guard is like... All the color drains from his face in shock at how you're talking to the Emperor. You can see the Emperor is actually trying to hold back a smile and stifle a laugh. And he just, he, he nods at you and he says, Tell me, what did you see? Who are these people? And he crosses his arms and starts stroking his beard. Well, sir, uh, best I can tell, these were s- at least presented as uh, members of the Harbingers. I don't know if you're, fa- of course, you're familiar with that. Who am I I'm getting? I'm very familiar yeah. with the Harbingers and, uh, of Retribution. And uh, they went into the mines. They were trying to steal some crystals. And, uh, you know, we stopped. You know what? I think if we get my my, my companions together, you'd probably get a, like a fuller picture of uh, of what we experienced. Very well. I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange you on uh, information. The captain steps forward and says, uh, "Yes, they did manage to get away with a fairly large amount of arrow crystals, my lord, but not many." And he just nothing too bad, nothing that'll deplete our resources. And he just no, sir. I suppose that's all we could have hoped for. And looks at Meriden. Lead on, little one. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can make jokes about me being short, but I don't really know you that well. Um, <laughs> Again, like all the color drains from the captain's and I'll, face. But I'll curtsy. Uh, yeah, she'll they'll, they'll do a little like indulgent like curtsy. Yeah. And all right, this way. <laughs> you take him to the inn. I presume you're going in through the barn doors that you exited from. Yeah, I mean, it's the fastest okay. way, right? Cool. So uh, during this, Gunnar, while you're sitting around, the only tables that are still able to be sat at <laughs> are the ones near the corner where the kid and his mum have sat. And after a while, she sobered up in a way. And they got to talking and she's, please, you, you, you must tell me, how, how did it happen? And you, you hear him talk about this he mentions how there were too many of them to count and he and his brother were getting involved in the fighting and he just and, and then they 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 parted like like a sea and he was he was tall powerful this this knight clad in black armor his helmet spiked like a jagged crown it had a visor i couldn't see his face he was shielding himself with spells and just raining furious blows on anyone who dared to oppose him and pauses for a second and steals himself. Many of the dragon's guard, they fell beneath his blade and it was myself, Suta, and the two guarding the mines, so we blocked his path, hoping we could let the families nearby escape. They'd rounded up families. They were slaughtering them. and It seemed to distract their focus for a... Someone shouted and they all turned and ran into the mines and left the families there. And we 
tried to hold him at bay and let the families escape and most of them managed to my my sword I, I held him back and Suta was casting spells at him but nothing seemed to work and at this point all of you in the tavern hear this collective gasp and the sound of everyone dropping to their knees and you turn and you just see Merida and you're like what <laughs> and then you see this elaborate robed figure and all the dragons guard in like a v formation behind him as he makes his way into the tavern and everyone drops to does their he knees. have any any dirt or anything on any of his robes a little bit yeah and that Acting like I okay. know this, I've known this the entire time. I will look at all of the guys and be like, "You gotta bow. You're supposed to. You're supposed to kneel for him." Yuri <laughs> just stands looking at him, not out of disrespect, just looking, taking it in, but doesn't bow. Yeah. Okay. Would we know who this guy is, or so? To uh, figure it of your own volition, you could either make. Just a general intelligence check, a history check, or you can test your honor and see if you just recognize the regal nature of this person. So for everyone listening, we are using a variation of the optional honor rules that are in the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide. I've never really seen people use them. Thought it might be cool, raised the idea to these guys, they thought it might be cool. Essentially, it's just an extra ability score, dictated originally by your starting class, your background, and any personal code you might follow. And actions you take and things you do can raise or lower it, and in situations like this, it can be used to get a grasp of the situation, sense out hierarchy of like, this is the Emperor, these are his guards. So you could make an honor check if you wanted to. I'm gonna do that. As a uh, courtier, what my feature is that I know who the movers and shakers yeah. are. Would I just you like- You would definitely recognize he is a pretty important guy, even without having to test your honor about it. <laughs> Wonderful. Or make any sort of check. But for everyone else who wants to figure it out- I think I'll, uh, Yuri will do what was it? It was history, honor, or what was the other one? In a straight intelligence or intelligence. Um, I think Yuri's gonna do history, is what he'll do. Okay. See if maybe through his travels he's heard of this guy. So, Seth. Uh, let's see, 12 honor. Uh, Yuri? Uh, that's a whopping three. I don't. Cool. Yuri, even though Yuri's well traveled, it's not on Azith. <laughs> Ethan, which check did you did, do uh, and what was your result? Intelligence 18. Intelligence 18. So, yeah, you, you've heard of, in your, in your travels since arriving in Frostreach, you've heard of Emperor Darkseeker, Lord Darkseeker, Lord Lando. You get the sense this is him. Seth, kind of similar vibe. You can just tell from how he holds himself, this is a ruler of people. Uh, Yuri, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> that's, that's what I mean, not bowing, just straight looking at him. You you get the sense people are like treating him with respect, but you're just like, hey buddy. Yeah, yeah that, that you got it. Right <laughs> you, you see, he has like the air of regality about him, but you're just like, sir, dude. <laughs> As he takes a swig of his alcohol. Yep. Yeah, just drinking all the time. <laughs> he he does notice this, and he gives 
the the satyr a very quizzical look, but you also get half of it is just the sense of oh look a satyr. Yeah, um, I gave him the little <laughs> two finger salute. Like I I realize you're somebody that's important, but yeah. I'm not sure why. With the with the two finger salute, the captain of the dragon's guard very nearly faints. <laughs> um, so with, with the him. knowledge that I. With the knowledge that I received, well, I understood that he was an important figure. Yes. You know, hearing of Lord Darkseeker before, I quickly kneel in hopes that I can work with him one one of these <laughs> days to be able to gain the knowledge that I need for my own purposes. Of course. And uh, Seth, I'll also leave it up to you, given how uh, out of things you were. Even in the midst of a trauma-informed panic attack, decorum is paramount. Of course. I make sure that my wine is not far from me, but I do kneel. You kneel, still holding it. <laughs> I just like move it over so that it's yeah. next to me so no one can take it. He places a hand on Merida's shoulder and goes, So, uh, would these be your companions then? Uh, yes. I'm pleased to introduce to you. Uh, this is Yurkovich. Say hi. And this is, <laughs> this is my friend Seth. And, and this is this guy over here which runs across the room, I guess, to where Gunark is. This this is uh, uh, Gunark. I call him Guns. And uh, it's like a kid showing off toys running around the room. <laughs> back this over. one's my favorite. And, and this, this is my sword. And this is my friend Ethan. All right, guys. This is uh, this is the the Lord uh, Dark Seeker. He's uh, kind of a big deal. You wanna, you know, he's curious about what what all went down here has questions. We have answers. Well, ask away, <laughs> friend. Let me get you a drink. Uh, no need, thank you. What for me, then? I stand up, bottle of wine in one hand, and I reach over and take my cup and drink from the cup. Like, I do not drink from mm-hmm. the bottle. Yeah. But... You you also can see as well, Seth, the, the, time, the whole time you were drinking, I imagine you were looking around slightly in the tavern, presumably to see if it was still there. The Loudener has stood untouched, still on its podium where it was mounted into the floor. That podium that he was stood on, the few steps up to it seemed to be mostly unscathed. At the side of the Loudner, I'm honestly crying. Okay. Like single manly tear kind yeah. of cry. Like I don't It's, it's kind of I'm like a, at least that remains. I'm gonna approach him and bow the deepest bow <laughs> that basically doing yeah. like it, a hamstring exercise. I mean, as as Merida mentioned all of your names, he was doing deep head bow to each. I'm going to stand in such a way that normally you would stand facing someone you were talking mm-hmm. to, but I'm actually going to position myself to be facing the rest of our group as if I was like a member of his entourage. I'm just right. going to slowly slide into place there. Okay. You stand next to him and cheat out. <laughs> Yuri's walking up, double fist in, and two ale cups in each hand. You know, myself, personally, I can only trust people who drink with me. Even if it's a sip. Make a persuasion check. Honestly, that's not a terrible I... bit of decorum if I'm... And then uh, as he's doing that, I'd be still bowed down, and I said, My lord, may I stand in your presence? You may. We don't do that here. Oh, no, no. It's, it's a sign of respect to at least bow first. You said persuasion? <laughs> yes. That's a total of 24. As he's saying this to Ethan, you, you come up and you're like, yeah, no, yeah, come on. Would make you look very good to your people. You got to be able to have a drink. He with holds out people. a hand. He says, 
Well, I wouldn't want to look bad in front of the people. Cheers to that. And smiles at you. He clinks. And once we clink and I drink, I bow to him, actually. He nods his head respectfully back. He takes a sip and he looks behind him. You look like you need this more than I do. He gives it to the captain who's still like (laughs) pale from seeing all of this that to him is just like massive disrespect in his eyes. And he just, thank you, my lord. And the minute Lando, Lord Lando turns around, he just bang, nails the entire drink and puts himself (laughs) back in his more regal, chest puffed out, steal his nerves. (laughs) So, I hear you entered the mines. And I believe you're the one who was to thank for sealing it off. And he looks towards Seth. I figured fewer coming in would be honestly the most beneficial route. Your quick thinking is admirable. Thank you. And I nod. What did you see in the mind? He's looking at all of you now, addressing you all. He seems to just be ignoring Gunnark. <laughs> well, that seems to be the trend, doesn't it? Ten points of psychic damage to the DM. <laughs> so much. He's so tall. All that shade. Um, Ladies first. <laughs> can I do an insight check on the Emperor to get a feel on, like, if he's fishing for some specifics? As far as like, I want. Oh sure. boy, I hope they didn't catch my secret magic stone <laughs> closet. My sacrificial altar for yeah. my cult. <laughs> yeah, right. sure. Make an insight check. A ten. I trust this man. <laughs> I was gonna say, he's the ruler. Um, ah. You you don't like. You get the sense he is fishing for specifics. Nothing that specific. Okay. Yuri's just like the- a. Tell me everything you oh, saw. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what Yuri's doing. They he drink with him. He's his best friend. Everybody who drinks with Yuri is his best friend. So he's just, well, you see, we uh, we got in there. Uh, me and my compatriot that's behind you, the gentleman that throws the water. It was us, uh, all of us, but uh, lots of cultists, lots of lots of arrow crystals, some rainbow arrow crystals, and then the final place where we took care of old crispy bacon dude uh, was yeah. a big, huge crystal. He gives you a very strange look and says, rainbow? Crystals. Yeah, some, yeah. Yeah. Some. Uh, I think Merida got a better look at them than I did. I was too busy, you know, killing the cultist. Uh, not. No. No personal. No personal harm anybody, obviously. But yeah, that's pretty cool. And a big crystal in the end chamber. Huge. Oh yeah, a crazy one. That one. Yeah. He looks back at the crystal. captain of the guard, who just shrugs. Uh, Tell me wait, more about this. There were specific crystals flickering between colors. We figured that you would know more about that since. They are your minds. Uh, Merit is gonna like nod at guns and be like, "Eh, eh, you wanna, yeah." Is he, is he human or elven or what? He's is, human. Can we tell? Human. human. Okay. Um, I'll just kind of from behind him, uh, like lean over and uh, unlike, I haven't spoken in front of him yet, and I'm just gonna. He's he's trying to keep his composure as you're just leaning over his shoulder. My liege, this is your, what we found here to sort of uh, give you an example, and I'll just put the pouch in his hand. Thank you. Gunnark, yes? Yes. <laughs> Please respect my personal space. And he <laughs> oh, <laughs> opens yes, up my the pouch. Liege. And I'll deeply bow and then back <laughs> about like a foot away. Okay. 
Why did he turn into like a creep all of a sudden? Yeah, I, w- I will say at that, like the stress of everything and the horrors, that that's what breaks yes, Merida. Master. And she is on the floor. Ganaklips to save! So much. That's so um, he, he opens the mouth of the pouch and he pulls out one of the crystals. I'd heard uh, tales. Tell me, what exactly was it you saw? Well, well first of all, entering into this big room with the crystal in the middle. I think the most thing, the biggest thing that caught our attention was this sound of a heartbeat pulsing from the crystal itself. It reminded me of Big War Drum when we got close. I see. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. It did kind of have that feel to it. It really felt like it was like from everywhere though. Like, but just in the one room, in the one room and everywhere. It's weird. I see. Any other details? Side note, I do have a sound effect for that. My liege, it was quite the sound we heard. I promise you that they tell the truth. Guns, do you need some some warm, like, lemon water or sounds sick? I'm quite all right, thank you. Oh, all right, all right, buddy. I'll make another... Uh... Seth's teeth are just gritting at the lack of decorum. <laughs> and all of Bleeding from the ears. <laughs> um, he's inspecting the critics. I had heard tales passed down through those who have taken my place before me. We, uh, we never thought them true for there to be some sort of antechamber deeper within the mines. But your story holds true, and this is proof, I suppose. I'd heard tales of an extension on the mines or a antechamber as you described it many years ago before my time that was sealed off for some reason that we were not allowed to know probably because you definitely don't want to touch it yeah no it noted uh, yeah no not a, not a good idea uh, yeah. I don't know how my heightened challenge friend felt but I, I personally touched it and I felt the energy course through me, nothing else, but uh, I don't, she'd have to tell you if she felt anything in particular. Well, that would be similarly indicative of any large cluster of aero crystal. Uh, so it's normal for it to like show you like visions, is that a thing? No. Oh, well, no, it's, yeah, not. it's definitely not normal then, don't touch it. And he looks at one of the other dragons guard who was in the V. It was the captain and then the other one who has slightly different style about him. Looks at him. Do you know anything of this? Uh, no, 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 my lord. Uh, I've, I've never heard of any aero crystals granting visions to anyone. But that could make for some interesting research. Tell me, when you touched it, did you have gloves on or bare hands? And he pulls a small leather journal out of his pocket. Uh, halfling hands is, is what I had when I touched it. I still do. Their hands? Okay. And uh, when when you when you touched it, did it hurt? Was there any pain? Uh, no, I don't think it hurt. Okay. And you saw visions. What did you see visions of? I still have to unpack that, but I remember uh, it was in a cave, but it was a different cave. And there was uh, like a sea of stars. And he's like scribbling this down as fast and... as you're saying. <laughs> and then there was like, there was less stars. And then there were some like really big, I, I, I assume it was the gods. 
maybe not, but they were real big. Uh, Incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I could I could write it all down for you after I get some time to because I was it was real fast, uh, I think, but it felt like a real long time also. So you know. Interesting. Perhaps we could uh, unpack this further at my research tower. Okay. Harry <laughs> and Merida mentioned the gods. Yuri kind of leans over to her and, did you happen to see a, the bright master by chance? That real bright, shiny figure. I maybe I don't know. There was a lot. <laughs> it's like there was this one part where there was like to all of these. <laughs> yeah. Like Merida, so to much. you, it felt like you were seeing this over the span of years. Mm-hmm. And you snap back and you know it happened in a split second and everyone else saw it in a split second, but it also feels like it was that length of time. So it's hard when you think about it, you get them all at once. I just gotta, I need to process it some more. <laughs> Definitely. It was just a lot. A whole lot. I'll ask again at the later time then. <laughs> <laughs> it is of note, we did hear word that the cultists were looking for something called the Immortal. Interesting, and this, this one who is writing in the journal swivels and looks at you. Immortal, you say? Yes. We were unable to gather more information on exactly what that was. As the cultist we had secured for interrogation turned himself into jerky. I've uh, never heard mention of an immortal before, but certainly the idea of an immortal being isn't entirely unfathomable, mayhaps some sort of lich or vampire, perhaps. Interesting. Very interesting. And he's just writing in this journal. Well, I don't know. Is a lich or a vampire really going to help take down gods? Uh, some pursue the path of lichdom, seeing it as a pathway to goddom. All right. I would imagine anything being immortal would be a Wonderful weapon against a guard, which is also... Uh, I suppose that depends on the type of immortality. Most immortality is fleeting, as I'm sure you know, that the Lich is no more immortal than his own phylactery. Yeah. As, as, and he's just kind of saying it as if everyone knows this. Phylactery. <laughs> oh, you know this. Yes, it's very true. Ganak knows these things, you know. <laughs> You need not burden us with your <laughs> hasty explanations of liches and lichdom. We are quite aware. Oh, good, 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 good. That audition, I'm using that voice. <laughs> and there was, I saw on one of them, they had this, like, medallion. It was circular. Medallion? Yeah, black metal. Very, very cool. Like, totally would go with my aesthetic. I almost took it. But it had an outstretched palm engraved on it. I see. If that, I don't know if that means anything or not. No. No, not to me. Uh, to, to you, my lord, and I apologize. I've been taking all the questions for myself. Such interesting research, and he holds out a hand. Calm yourself, Axiel. No. This medallion means nothing to me. If you don't know it from your research, chances are I've never come across it either. Oh, very good, my lord. I'll note it down and get researching at once. Perhaps the, perhaps the Thessalian elves might have some idea. They've lived a fair while. Maybe we'll send word to Thistlewood. Do whatever you will, Axiel, please. We're trying to gather information here. You're making us look bad. 
Sorry, sorry, my lord. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, goes back to just scribbling. <laughs> at the mention of Thistlewood, Yuri like tenses up a little bit. Um, and you see he's like he's scribbling, and then he turns the page, scribbles another note, and closes his eyes very intensely for a second, and you just see this little bluebird perch on his shoulder. He tears off the page from his journal, ties it to the bird's leg, just looks at it for a second. The bird nods and just flies off. I do have my own question. Just one. Uh, yes. The name of the announcer. The wizard. Uh, yes. Why is he... What was it? One of the... He did not make it out. I, I see that is quite a shame. And uh, Tank, hearing this, steps forward. Ah! Begin! All, 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 all the pardons, my lord. Half bows. Ah, Tank. Tank. Pleasure to meet you once more. And to you, my lord, just kind of like waves the hand as he bows. Seth, Seth here. Ah, actually, you know, he's quite, quite the fella. He was one of the people who rescued me when I got, uh, gnome-napped. And, uh, actually, during the competition itself took a part of, uh, you know, part of doing some of the announcing. So, I mean, I mean, this happens once a year and I, I guess it's totally up to him, but I could say in my mind, maybe he could carry on. They, they seem to get along quite well. Maybe he could carry on in this newfound friend's memory and every year or so, Take a trip back here, do the announcing for the competition. Just a thought, my lordship. I'll uh, get back to scraping and just kneels back down on the floor. And if you're agreeable, and points at Seth. Sorry. And <laughs> the the lord nods at him be... and then looks at you questioningly. It would be quite the honor. Very well. When uh, we start making preparations for the next competition, we'll send word to you if you're not already here, and his name was Saran. Saran had no family, no family name when he came to us, and so took for himself the name Farspeaker. He did a lot of work with Axial here, my court wizard. The two of them uncovered many mysteries of the arcane together, and he used his abilities to bring much joy to the people, and I would be honored if you would do the same. It would be my honor. I feel in the most part responsible for his untimely demise. I imagine if he was remotely involved in what you were doing, regardless of whether or not you were there, he would have put himself in the line of fire. Don't think too hardly on it. And uh, Axial kind of steps forward. Yes, he was, oh, he was, good with the magic missiles. Um, that probably wasn't he was. anything you could do to have saved him or even stopped him from going into the crowd. I imagine if he wasn't firing magic missiles from afar, it would have been there. Uh, Are you familiar with the green flame blade? He was quite handy with that too. Um, and uh, the, the captain of the guards, I wasn't sure whose it was, but I found it 
nearby, and at the time you seemed a bit too distraught to care. I wasn't sure if or how you knew him, but... And he reaches into his belt and pulls out the wand that the announcer had and holds it out to Seth. I, uh, look... Maybe it could be of some use to you. I look to the dragon's guard and to uh, Axiel and then nod and take it and uh, just hold it out in, mm-hmm. in front of it's, me it's, and examine. It's quite nice. It's almost... There's a slight wave to it. It's made of really nice wood. You're not even actually sure what wood it's actually made of. It's very elegant. There does seem to be a handle made into it where it's the bottom has been twisted and knurled to have like finger grips. And then there's a slight flange almost <laughs> that bubbles out where you stop as like a choke point for your index finger and thumb. And it has, it comes to a very elegant point on what's essentially a pommel and then elongates out into the wand proper. I uh, nod and uh, very delicately put it into my bag and then Mm -hmm. drink an entire cup of wine. (laughs) To me, the... uh, Lord Darkseek just nods at you as you and smiles empathetically. Well, I don't know about my compatriots, but a new announcer, still people alive. It's time to start celebrating a little bit, I feel. And I'm going to take out my drum and slowly start to, like, get ready to perform. I think we should possibly hold off until we've buried the bodies. Think of it as a wake, as a funeral. We should celebrate the life they had, not the life they lost. But first, they should be in the ground. I don't know. There is work to be done before we celebrate. He takes a moment and thinks. He looks between the two of you and says, Perhaps we'll combine the two. Everyone... I like the way you think, my friend. Everyone can... That's that's what I'm saying. We make it a party. We don't forget the sadness, the hurt we have right now. But we know that tomorrow brings a new day. Just... As the party ends, we know life ends. He, but there's always a tomorrow. And, we will carry the memory. Well, I think the Dragon's Guard and those whose duty it often is, and any of you who are willing to lend a hand, if you wish, there is no need to. We'll spend this evening making preparations, and tonight, once... The dragon's blood has returned to its usual decorum. We can hold awake tonight at the tenth hour. Is that agreeable with you, young satyr? And he—he's like you can see—he's trying to hold back this grin. He's like he's giving this air to everyone. Of this person is interrupting me, and this is terribly unofficial. But at the same time, there's you—you you definitely would pick up on the hint of I. Can't this guy uh and this is lord the big head honcho guy lord lando darkseeker okay we agree but we have to seal the deal from like the way i come from i think you'll enjoy it and the the captain of the guard starts you're not going to headbutt him are you is that satyrs or is it just minotaurs you did a lot of headbutting earlier i I just i you you can't really you might get beheaded if you headbutt 
the emperor. It involves the head. It is a head, but but in the sense we just touch foreheads, and I and we say a word. He goes to protest, and Lord Darcy Hosmer if it is part of your tradition, I suppose I could indulge. And Yuri, slowly and clearly, like not yep. a threat, grabs the back <laughs> of the Lord's head and like motions for him to do the same. Mm-hmm. He does the same. We pull our heads in close, and Yuri says, "We are bonded by vines." All and right. then I release. Any and all traditions of yours that you would wish to be upheld between now, during the wake, or now, we will do our utmost to uphold you. Have done a great service for me and my town. I don't know how many would have survived without you. You have my thanks. And he just turns and starts walking. And you didn't notice it, but now you realize the the captain of the Dragon's Guard just (laughs) lets out this breath that he was essentially holding the entire time. Axiel is still (laughs) scribbling in his journal. Yuri puts his arm around the captain's guard and be like, I think you need another drink, my friend. Let's go. I hate you so much. I just, I don't even let him leave. I like lead him to the bar. staggers over to the bar with you. Let me tell you the time. (laughs) And that's all you guys hear as we go to the bar. will be where we will end this recording session. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the easiest way to find all of our links is at practicalheroes.com. Please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash practical heroes to help us to continue to deliver awesome content and start to raise production quality. All money goes straight back into our shows. If you're hungry for more Practical Heroes D&D, why not check out our weekly livestream on Fridays at 9pm EST, Voldonia by Starlight, over on Twitch and YouTube. That's all for now, remember to share us with your friends, and we'll see you next time.